Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake-me-up-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Even the most explicit television shows don't show you what I saw that day. Did she fall out of an airplane? Was she thrown off a bridge? I've received a phone call from Luling, Texas at about four o'clock in the morning. Your daughter's been involved in some incident and she's been life flighted to Kyle, Texas. And you need to come up right away. I'm just praying that she's still alive. My daughter, Kaylee Mandati, was a personality unlike any I've ever encountered. She was a happy, happy person, trusting and always smiling. Hi. Just warm. I don't think I've ever met anybody I could open up to like I did with her. My name is Taylor Ann Clement, and I was best friends with Kaylee Anita Mandotti. Is Kaylee really smart? So smart. <laughs> and did she have a good heart? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That girl was full of love. And we walk in and they direct us to the room and my heart just stopped. I could see that she was on a ventilator. I saw my daughter's body smashed almost beyond recognition. The 
doctor came in and he just looked at me and he said, she's, she's not coming out of. I just couldn't figure out what could have caused this. And then bits and pieces of the story started to come in. Very quickly, I learned there was a suspect and that this was looking like a murder. Mark met Kaylee about a year prior to her death. He was very involved in athletics, excellent sportsman. My name is John Hunter, and I'm a criminal defense attorney. My client is Mark Howerton. I think that they're both very beautiful people, and I think that that was the primary attraction. All right, Mark. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. He gave four different statements to the police. She said she wasn't feeling good. I said, well, what's wrong? And she just fell asleep. Was he obsessed with Kaylee? He felt a very deep connection to Kaylee. He knew that Kaylee would be an easy mark, and so he fixated on her. And then when it didn't go the way he wanted, he snapped. Mark was possessive, angry. He was a jerk. That doesn't make him a murderer. This is a case where there's more than meets the eye, and things aren't always as they seem. They did CPR on her approximately seven times. Every time they'd get her heart started, she would crash and it would stop again. It had been two long days since an unconscious Kaylee Mandotti was life-flighted to Kyle, Texas. I saw her future and my future disappearing. Kaylee's mother, Allison Steele, and stepfather, Lawrence Baitlin, were told there was no hope for recovery. Their daughter, once so full of life, was now brain dead. Based on what you were seeing, what had your daughter been through? Some enormous fatal physical trauma. Kaylee, just 19 years old, had suffered a traumatic brain injury. All that potential had been destroyed and not knowing how it happened or how it was even possible. Allison and Lawrence told doctors Kaylee had one last wish, that her organs be donated to help others. Then, Kaylee was taken off of life support. It was very emotional. Of course, we didn't want to let her go, but this is what had to be. It was hard to believe that just days before, things seemed to be going well for Kaylee. She was a sophomore studying communications at Trinity University, a small liberal arts school in San Antonio. She made friends, like, effortlessly. 
Kaylee's best friend, Taylor Clement, says she was active on campus. She had joined a sorority and was a cheerleader. I was so happy for her because it looked like she was feeling like she was fitting in. At Trinity, Allison says her daughter was interested in more than just her schoolwork. Kaylee at the time was very much in love with the only serious boyfriend she had ever had. His name was Jet Burcham. Jet was a Trinity football player and fraternity brother. Kaylee had met and dated him her freshman year. She was very proud of him and that relationship. But Allison says it was typical young love, and by sophomore year, they were on again, off again. What she told me was, I don't know that he wants a serious relationship. And she did. But there was another man in Kaylee's life, Mark Howerton. He was 22 years old and had been a star high school baseball player. I've been a pretty good hitter. I just keep my weight back and keep your eye on the ball and whack it. Mark lived in Houston, but was often on Trinity's campus visiting his friends. That's where he met Kaylee. I think that there were problems with her relationship with Jet, and Mark was offering an alternative to that. John Hunter is Mark's attorney. And she was finding herself spending a lot more time with Mark. Both Jet and Mark knew Kaylee was seeing the other man, and neither, friends say, liked the competition. One month into this new relationship with Mark, Kaylee's life would take a fatal turn. On Sunday, October 29th, 2017, at 10.30 p.m., Mark Howerton rushed Kaylee to the emergency room in a small rural hospital in Luling, Texas. Oh, I'm just looking for quiet place talk. Oh, well, um, the chapel is actually really quiet. While medical staff tended to Kaylee, police officers interviewed Howerton in the quietest place they could find. Okay. It was recorded on the officer's body cam. So tell me, where where were you all at today? Mark told officers that he and Kaylee had spent the weekend at the Malaluna Music Festival in San Antonio. There they drank alcohol and took MDMA, a drug known as Molly, or ecstasy. Did Kaylee have any drug issues in university life? Kaylee was known to use recreational marijuana and MDMA, and it was a huge point of conflict with us. Mark says just hours earlier, between 5 and 6 p.m., they left the festival in his Mercedes and soon got into an argument. Kaylee told Mark that she still had feelings for her ex, Jet Burcham. I was pretty much saying, you need to get over this dude, and you ain't worth your time. I was like, your friends are fake as... I was just telling her all the I was trying trying to get it through her head, because she can't get it through her head that she doesn't need to be around those people. Mark said they then stopped at a Valero gas station parking lot where they had makeup sex. But their roadside sexual encounter turned rough very rough. We were having sex, I choked her, but it wasn't like killing her. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. Mark admitted having rough sex was not unusual for the couple. I've never hit her. I've slapped her before. She slapped me before. I've never punched her, no. I've shoved her. But Mark was adamant about one thing throughout the police interview. 
I need to know that everything was consensual for one. It was 500% consensual. It was definitely consensual. Mark said after sex, Kaylee passed out. After we had sex, like, she um, still talked to me for five, six minutes afterwards. That's when she was like, I'm not feeling too good. But then she just passed out and she was snoring. He decided to drive Kaylee to Houston to spend the night at his place. And I was just driving and she stopped snoring. I just had a bad feeling in the back of my head when she stopped snoring. So I looked at her like, Kaylee, Kaylee. And I reached over and I felt her throat and I didn't feel anything. That's when I started freaking out. That's when Mark rushed Kaylee to the nearest hospital. Do you know if you have a pulse, what that means? Like, that means you're alive, right? Yes. Yeah, if you have a pulse, then your heart's beating. Why isn't she responding? Police interviewed Mark several times, but he was not charged with any crime related to Kaylee's death. Then, three months later, her autopsy report was released. The medical examiner ruled that Kaylee had died from blunt force face and head trauma. It was labeled a homicide. Several weeks after that, Mark Howerton was charged with murder and sexual assault. Okay, here we are, here's this person, and we need the system to work. We really need the system to work in this case. Mark pleaded not guilty to all the charges and was released on bail. There was a music festival. There were a large amount of drugs taken over the course of this weekend. Mr. Howerton brought the deceased to a hospital which is something you don't typically see. Murderers don't usually do that. No. All rise for the jury. The idea that it was open and shut is a mistake. And as the trial begins, John Hunter says he has evidence that will surprise the jury. What do you think happened that day? See more of Mark's interview with detectives at 48hours.com. Fans of the 48 Hours podcast know that life can be unpredictable, and the last thing you want is uncertainty on your own doorstep. Simply Safe provides 24 7 monitoring and live guard protection, prioritizing your safety around the clock. With affordable plans starting at less than a dollar a day, it's the best choice for protecting what matters most. With Simply Safe, there are no long term contracts, and installation is simple whether you do it yourself or opt for professional installation. And you can rest easy knowing Simply Safe offers a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Take control of your security today. Get an exclusive 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. Don't wait until it's too late. Protect what matters most with Simply Safe. There's no safe like Simply Safe. In December 2019, two years after Kaylee Mandati's disturbing demise, Mark Howerton is finally brought to trial for allegedly kidnapping, assaulting, and murdering her. I was ready for this trial to begin for a very long time. 
Daniel Conrad was a student at Trinity University and the editor of the school newspaper when Kaylee died. Everyone felt some degree of loss mourning the death of a fellow Trinity student. All rise with the jury. Now he's covering Kaylee's murder trial for Courthouse News. What was it like to see Mark Howerton in the courtroom? I describe him as a monster to people. Like everybody else, I'd try not to look at him too much. The trial begins with prosecutor Alessandra Cranshaw's opening statement. I think the best way to tell this story of how this case came about is to start where Kaylee Mendotti's life ended, and that's in the car of this defendant. Prosecutors allege that on October 29th, 2017, Howerton forcefully escorted Kaylee from the Mala Luna Music Festival to his car. He then drove her to a parking lot where prosecutors claim he sexually assaulted and beat her, causing a fatal brain bleed. These photos show Kaylee's condition about 18 hours after she arrived at the hospital. Kaylee is covered with bruises from head to toe. I believe that you will have no reservations about finding this defendant guilty of the offensive murder. Things are not always as they seem. In his opening statement, defense attorney John Hunter attacks the very foundation of the prosecution's case, from the alleged abduction to Kaylee's tragic death. No one saw anything that transpired between Mark Howerton and Kaylee Mendotti that evening on the 29th. There are no eyewitnesses. And what about all those bruises? Hunter says they most likely came from medical staff as they tried to revive Kaylee at least seven different times. She had been worked on within an inch of her life. Mr. Howerton did not cause Kaylee Mendotti's death. The state begins its case with paramedic Cheryl Lane, who is driving an ambulance up to the Luling Hospital that night, when a vehicle suddenly appeared in her rearview mirror. There's a black car behind us honking and flashing the lights. Before I even get out, I see a gentleman that's hollering and screaming. I open the door, he's telling me that his girlfriend is not breathing and he needs help. When Lane looked inside Howerton's car, she saw a disturbing scene. She was exposed all the way down and her pants and clothes were in the floorboard by her feet. She had bruises on her that I just remember seeing and that's when I started CPR. Lane says there were bruises on the inside of Kaylee's legs. The defense says medical staff didn't see any on Kaylee's face. Evidence, John Hunter claims, that Mark Howerton never punched her. The treating physician at the Luling Hospital approached this as a drug overdose. Wasn't that because Mark had told them he thought she had overdosed? Correct, but the symptoms she was presenting were consistent with that patient history. While the medical team fought for Kaylee's life, police interviewed and photographed Mark Howerton, police officer Chris Adams. While I was taking photographs of him, I noticed the tops of both of his hands. They look red to you? Yes, sir. Unusually red? Yes, sir. Evidence investigators believe that Howerton did hit Kaylee. The Mark Howerton arrested back in October of 2017 
was an enormously muscled, intimidating figure. Cayley's friends say he used steroids. Two years later, Howerton has shrunk to the point of being unrecognizable to an officer who once questioned him. Do you see Ed Mark Howerton here in the courtroom this afternoon? No, sir. Mark Howerton initially cooperated with investigators, allowing police to search his Mercedes, where they found a gun and marijuana. If he was worried about himself, he would have told the police to get a warrant. Instead, Hunter says, Howerton was much more concerned about Kaylee. Can I find out an update on her, please? Is there any way? They're probably not going to be able to tell us right now, most likely. But prosecutors were not going to give Howerton a pass just for cooperating. Why? They believe he lied to investigators about where he had sex with Kaylee. In his last interview with law enforcement, the same day that Kaylee was removed from life support, Howerton changed his story. We didn't have sex at the gas station. We had sex somewhere before the gas station. After that, we went to the gas station. Where did you have sex at? It was just a parking lot. It was empty. After we had sex at that parking lot is when she told me she wasn't feeling good and she passed out. The new sex location was the parking lot of a hamburger chain's office building, more than a 40-mile drive from the gas station. If you're going to conceal something, right, if you're going to lie about something, it's probably because that's where the crime occurred. The only person who could counter Howerton's story was dead. Investigators hoped Kaylee's remains might speak on her behalf. Dr. Susanna Dana performed the autopsy, and prosecutors now hope her testimony will convince jurors that Howerton beat Kaylee to death. She had a number of what I call blunt force injuries to her face and her head. And what is this that we see behind the ear? That's a bruise. That's a contusion. So we got to see a lot of photographs from the autopsy. When I saw those images, it looked like a girl who was badly beaten. That's kind of how anybody looking at it would say. But during the cross-examination, John Hunter challenges Dr. Dana's conclusions, suggesting it was the medical staff and not Mark Howerton who created much of that bruising. So CPR can cause a lot of different injuries, not just simply superficial ones, right? Yes. In this case, a rib was broken. Is that correct? I believe so, yes. The medical examiner says the cause of death is complications of blunt force face and head trauma, and the manner of death is homicide. Is the examiner wrong? I believe the examiner is definitely wrong. If you can undermine Dr. Dana, you can at least create reasonable doubt. No doubt. It's one of the most important features of the case. Whatever the jury thinks about how Kaylee died, they're about to learn much more about her troubled love life with Mark Howerton. Um, he had grabbed her and thrown her against the wall. What do you make of the defense attorney's theory? See more photos from the case on Facebook at 48hours.com. And when somebody asks you, what was Kaylee like? How do you answer that? Bubbly. 
happy. She just was an awesome friend. I mean, you want her to be your best friend. Some of those friends now nervously wait to testify in the trial of the man charged with Kaylee's murder, Mark Howerton. Prosecutors hope they can provide eyewitness details of Howerton's stormy history with Kaylee. I'm showing you what's in Mark 6, exhibit number one. Um, do you recognize this person? <coughs> Who is this individual? Her roommate, Morgan Sampson, recounts one particularly disturbing incident just a few weeks before Kaylee's death. She was planning to go to a party. Um, and I invited Kaylee to come with me. And at that point, um, I asked her out loud. And Mark got really upset about it. And when you went back into the room, uh, what happened? Um, at that point, Mark and Kaylee were out on the balcony. Um, and he had thrown her up against the brick wall. Did they appear to be having a happy conversation? No. Kaylee ended up going to that party against Howerton's wishes. He was not happy. Kaylee's neighbor, Carol Cortez, describes what she heard next door while Kaylee was away. There was some banking. Uh, we could hear Mel's voice uh, saying, I'm going to smash your face in, saying violent things and doing violent things. No one responded, so I assumed no one was in there with him. And that was alarming Yes. Campus police officer Roderick Lewis was dispatched to investigate. When I arrived at the location, I made my way to the fifth floor, and as I was going down the hallway to uh, room 561, male subject was exiting the room. So this is not your room? No, this is my girl's. Is she here? No, she's at a party. And so you're in the room just waiting on her while she's at a party? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I can call her right now if you want proof. You mind if I take a look in the room? Man, no, this isn't even my house. There's nothing in here, but for real. Come well, on. I want to no. see if anything's missing here. No, there's nothing missing uh, here. Again, it's not your room, so you don't have the option here. Well, I'd like you to step out here with my partner right now. Once Howerton stepped out of the room, Officer Lewis went in. It had been torn apart. It was completely destroyed. The glass door to the balcony had been cracked, and Kaylee's clothes were scattered in the trees. Friends say Howerton later smashed Kaylee's laptop on the street. The university barred him from campus. Kaylee was done with him, completely done. She didn't take his texts, didn't take his phone calls, nothing. Howerton was reportedly enraged, and he wasn't about to go away. So he escalated, and he allegedly Snapchatted a picture to her with him sucking on a pistol saying, I'm going to commit suicide if you don't return my calls. Kaylee's friend, Ariana Conway. He was saying that he was going to kill himself if she broke up with him. And she didn't want to have something like that on her conscience. We all know as adults that that's just manipulation. He's a grade A predator. He didn't try to commit suicide. He was trying to manipulate her into doing what he wanted. But Kaylee was now caught up in a dangerous emotional triangle. She told her ex-boyfriend, Jet Burcham, that she wanted to get back with him. Kaylee's not sure what she wants. That's pretty evident. She texted Jet, I'm literally in love with both of you. This all came to a head on the last weekend of October 2017. 
Kaylee told Jet she would break up with Mark Howerton at the Malaluna Music Festival. She told me that she was planning to break up with Mark on Sunday, and after spending the previous night with him, it confirmed that like she wanted to be back with me, and she said she wanted to break up with him at Malaluna because there'd be plenty of witnesses and people around. Did she seem worried about breaking up with him? Yes. When Howerton went to pick Kaylee up at her dorm room for the second day of the festival, she wasn't there. Howerton's friend Joe Goodwin was with him. How did the defendant's attitude change while waiting for Kaylee? Uh, he was uh, getting steadily angrier because he did not want to wait on her. So then we got in the vehicle and he asked her, where were you? She had no response. He then said something along the like, that's bullshit. And then we proceeded to drive towards the festival. But first, they pulled into a nearby car wash to take drugs. He breaks out a bag of uh, Molly, and he gives uh, Kaylee some, he gives me some, and uh, then we continue on towards the festival. When they got there, they put more Molly in a water bottle and started drinking from that. We're talking about massive doses, well above what would be necessary for it to affect, be effective uh, to gain the experience combined with consuming large amounts of alcohol. Soon after they arrived, Howerton told Joe he and Kaylee were going to get drinks. Jet Burcham, who was also at the festival, says he saw them leave, seemingly against Kaylee's wishes. Kaylee looked like she was trying to create space and kind of just get away. And it looked like they were having an intense conversation. Now what did you seem to uh, as she's trying to step away, I see him reach out his right arm and hook it around her shoulder and pull her in closer, and then turn and walk away. When she didn't show up at the dorm or a sorority meeting that evening, Kaylee's friends started calling her, worried that she was in danger. Now, who answered when you FaceTimed Kaylee? The defendant. I first asked, I was like, have you seen Kaylee? Have you heard from her? Like, are you with her? And he said, she can't talk right now and then hung up the phone. Panicked, they kept trying to contact Kaylee. Then, friend Dominique Hussein received an ominous Snapchat. I got a video recording of Mark Howerton saying, go f*** yourself, you stupid bitches. And then that's when we all started more actively looking for her off campus. Jet searched for Kaylee as urgently as anyone that night. But at trial, his version of events would soon be dramatically challenged, surprising everyone. What was it like to watch Jet Bersham's story come apart? Let's talk about my mochi ice cream. Why? Because friends do not let friends miss out on something this good. My Mochi is premium ice cream wrapped in sweet soft dough, and the flavors are amazing. Like My Mochi double chocolate with rich chocolatey bits, it's a chocolate lover's dream. Or don't get me started on My Mochi strawberry ice cream. It's cool, creamy, and bursting with natural berry flavor. And the sweet, luscious flavor of My Mochi mango will send your taste buds straight to the tropics. My Mochi is 
gluten-free, perfectly portioned, and only around 90 calories per piece. Taste the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream today. Find My Mochi at Walmart or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. On day four of Mark Howerton's murder trial, he repeatedly comes face to face with his former romantic rival for Kaylee Mandotti, Jet Bertram, a key prosecution witness. Do you see Mark Howerton here in the courtroom today? Yes, a blue suit. Bertram's eyewitness account of Howerton's behavior towards Kaylee as they left the festival led investigators to charge Howerton with kidnapping her and causing Kaylee's death. And it looked like she was nervous and trying to separate herself, as in like create distance between the two of them. And then I saw Mark reach and grab her with his right arm. Mark Howerton pulls Kaylee Mandaddy into his car, sexually assaults her, beats her to death in a rage-filled murder. Is that how you see it? No, not at all. It's not a homicide. This is a terrible, terrible accident. To back up his claim, defense attorney John Hunter attacks Bertram's credibility, asserting that Bertram lied to investigators about what he really saw that day. And you advised the police that you saw Mark physically pick her up and place her in his car. Isn't that correct? Yes, sir. And that differs from the testimony that you gave to the grand jury, doesn't it? Yes, sir. And it differs from the testimony that you gave today, right? Yes, sir. I did not see him put her in the car. He lied. Jet lied to the grand jury. He concocted part of that story to try to get the police to respond out of desperation that they felt for her situation. His exact words were, I exaggerated. And then once he was trapped into that storyline, he repeated it for the grand jury as well. Mr. Bertram, I'd like you to take a look at these. John Hunter hands Jet Bertram copies of photos found on his phone. This consists of several large bags of marijuana, does it not? This was on your phone, wasn't it? The man next to John Hunter is Bertram's attorney. He's here because these photos may implicate Jet in serious crimes. It turns out he was on probation for a drug charge at the time of Kaylee's death. You were distributing large quantities of marijuana to the students at Trinity University and people throughout San Antonio, were you not? Or it's just certain rights that was provided by the Fifth Amendment. In the course of your workings as a drug dealer, part of the profession requires that you document the materials that you are trying to sell to people, correct? I wish to assert my rights as provided by the Fifth Amendment. I wish to assert my rights as provided by the Fifth Amendment. During 47 minutes of brutal cross-examination, Bertram takes the Fifth 30 times when asked about his drug activity while on probation. I wish to assert my rights as provided by the Fifth Amendment. Tell me the impact of him saying over and over that he's taken the Fifth. The impact, I think, can't be understated. It's a, it's a huge thing to see somebody do that. And it's not clear why Bertram needed to take the Fifth at all. He already had a deal with prosecutors. You were offered immunity in exchange for your testimony for granted, correct? Sir. He got the golden ticket. And all he's got to do in exchange for that is testify. It questions his credibility. Exactly. Calls into question his credibility completely. 
and Hunter is unrelenting on Bircham's troubled past, including an allegation that he committed sexual assault. Were you aware that there was a Title IX investigation against you? I was aware, yes. And that pertained to an alleged sexual assault? Yes, sir. Bircham transferred to another university and says he was told the assault investigation was not ongoing. When the defense presents its case, they bring Dr. William Anderson to the stand. I reviewed the medical examiner's autopsy, the medical records, and the photos which were included with the autopsy. Dr. Anderson is a forensic pathologist and a former medical examiner who has conducted more than 8,000 autopsies. He challenges the prosecution's claims that Kaylee was beaten. Three separate observers did not see any injuries to the facial area when she arrives at the emergency room. We don't see any fractures to the eye sockets. We don't see any fractures to the nose. We don't see any kind of fractures on the face. That's a pretty good indication that we're not talking about a full frontal assault. In fact, Dr. Anderson tells the jury that Kaylee's autopsy photos indicate her brain bleed may have been caused not by a beating, but perhaps by a fall at some point when she was not in Mark's car. Starting here, we have this jagged line. It's like I said, it's like a crack in an eggshell. And that is a skull fracture. What you can take away from this is that this injury is consistent with a fall. Yes. She never left the vehicle for five or six hours. It's no, as anyone just, can tell, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And as for the bruises all over Kaylee's body, Dr. Anderson says they may have been caused by internal bleeding, brought on by long stretches without a heartbeat and preparation for organ donation. So you look at the autopsy, you're going to see what look like bruises. The pictures could be picking up detail that had to do with the organ donation and not a potential assault. Precisely. The defense also puts on the stand pharmacologist Jason Wallach, an expert in Molly, MDMA, the drug Kaylee and Howerton were using. You know, the, the level of MDMA um, in her blood was 980 nanograms per mil, and that's, that's high. According to Dr. Wallach, high blood pressure from MDMA increases the chance of a hemorrhage. In situations such as this, it's possible that someone sustained a minor head injury and by result of the MDMA became a fatal condition? Yes. Once the defense rests, prosecutors bring Dr. Dana back to the stand in hopes she can shut down these alternative theories of Kaylee's death, particularly the notion that a fall killed her. Do you have an opportunity when conducting the autopsy uh, to closely examine uh, the skull? Yes, I did. Is that a skull fracture? No, it's not. The jurors now hear closing arguments. The state refocuses on Kaylee and the man they say murdered her. She was just starting out her life. She was just beginning her life. And she got into the car with that defendant. This is what happened to Kaylee Mendoff. It wasn't medical staff. It wasn't the post-mortem organ donation that did this to her. It was the defendant. The defense says that while Mark Howerton is no angel, he also isn't a killer. There is no evidence that Mr. Howerton caused this death at all. Their side of the story doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Mark Howerton 
is not guilty. We're talking about a charge that if he's convicted of it, it's life in prison. Has your belief that your daughter was beaten in any way been changed by what was presented at trial? Not in the slightest, not at all, no. She was beaten to death. And then, just a few hours into jury deliberations, the defense receives a shocking phone call. We had no idea this person existed. That could impact the outcome of the trial. back to the office and I see that we have missed calls. Just hours after the jury begins deliberations, John Hunter unexpectedly learns of a new witness who claims to have seen crucial evidence that was not introduced at trial. I got a phone call from a person who advised me that they're working the front desk at the hospital on the night that Kaylee was brought in. She saw her pale white legs. There were no bruises on her legs. She thinks that the EMT's testimony is wrong. The state calls Cheryl Lane. Remember, this is what the paramedic who treated Kaylee said she saw that night. She had bruises on her, multiple bruises that I just remember seeing. You observed bruising on the inside of her legs, correct? Yes. But Hunter says this new witness would turn that description on its head, supporting the defense claim that Kaylee's bruises came after she was admitted to the hospital and were not caused by Mark Howerton. That's a very significant point in my mind. But the judge says it's too late to call the new witness. We've got this information. It's frustrating that the jury doesn't know about it, but it's encouraging because if things don't work out, this is the kind of thing that, that might get the courts to pay attention. Now all he can do is wait for the jury to come back with a verdict. We have no clue what they're thinking. We didn't know what to expect. Lawrence and Allison say they couldn't wait for it to be over. We didn't know if it would be quick. We didn't know if it would take days. After just 10 hours of deliberating over two days, the jury sends a final note to the judge. All right, to the jury. There will be no verdict. After careful deliberation and discussion, unfortunately, we cannot come to unanimous decision. All jurors have expressed their strong position and inability to change their position with the evidence provided. Ladies and gentlemen, jury, I'm declaring a mistrial. Mistrial. Are you happy? Is that, in a way, a victory for you? Anytime that your client doesn't go to prison, it's a victory, no matter what the facts are, no matter what the circumstances. It was a little bit disheartening, but at the same time, I was mentally prepared for that outcome. Both sides say they are not backing down. The prosecution plans to retry the case, a decision John Hunter strongly disagrees with since he says their star witness, Jet Burcham, lied to the grand jury. Why should they get another bite at the apple? Hey, we're not done yet. We're going to pick this back up again. Allison and Lawrence are determined to get justice for their daughter. There's no doubt in our minds what happened. I believe it was murder straight up every day, twice on Sundays. 
this is Kaylee's room. It is as she left it. Since her death, Allison visits Kaylee's room every day. We have a lot of mementos here. I love this saying, you will forever be my always. No truer words spoken than that, because she will always be more to me than I ever thought a human being could. It is here, at her daughter's desk, where Allison has tirelessly worked to turn her grief into action. Clear Alert, as you're going to see, is a game changer. In September 2019, Allison was able to get the Clear Alert bill passed. There was an amber alert for children. There was a silver alert for seniors. So anybody else whose life was in danger for any reason, um, they were kind of out of luck. Now, in the state of Texas, when someone between the ages of 18 and 64 goes missing, an emergency text will go out to the community. We cannot change what happened, but I want Kaylee's story to be used to help other people. The one of us smiling at prom is my absolute favorite picture. Taylor Clement treasures the time she had with her best friend. She was going to be my maid of honor and godmother to my children, and there was no doubt about that. There are things I hold, and I don't tell anybody. And I know I could tell her. I miss that. Mark Howerton's retrial is scheduled for August 6, 2021. Learn more about the Clear Alert Law at 48hours.com. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. You've seen the horrific video. The way Amar died, it just... It hurts my soul. They took my baby boy from me. Now, the story behind the video and a mother's fight for the truth. I had to keep pushing to get answers. I want justice for my 48 Hours, Saturday at 10, 9 central on CBS. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. Okay. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. 
I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart here. Unbelievably exciting news. My new podcast, The Weekly Show. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, economics, ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. Listen to The Weekly Show with John Stewart wherever you get your podcasts. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital edition wherever you get your books.